0: Let us turn together now to the gospel. Matthew, the 13th chapter, if you're able to stand to receive the gospel today, do so now, please. One of Jesus' many memorable parables. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the lake. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there. While the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables saying, listen, a sower went out to sow and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and they sprang up quickly. Since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what is sown on good soil... This is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to start a garden, but my yard is a little problematic. A man said to the clerk at the yard And garden center. I get the blazing sun for about two hours, but otherwise it's all shade. The clerk asked, well, what kind of soil do you have? Hard clay and lots of rocks. What do you recommend I plant? The store owner thought for a moment and then he said, why don't you look down aisle B? We've got a big new supply of bird baths and flagpoles for you. <laughs> Maybe your garden is like that. Maybe that's what your yard is like. There's there's an old story about a farmer who was visited by a young uh, government agricultural agent, fresh out of agricultural college. He was enlightening the veteran farmer on the latest most efficient farming methods. After listening politely for a few minutes though, The old farmer interrupted the young agent and said, thanks for the information, son, but I already know how to farm 75% better than I do. I already know how to do it 75% better than I do. The story that Jesus tells is about a farmer who similarly achieved only 25% efficiency. The farmer... Or the sower as they were called back then. He was planting his crop according to the parable. And the seeds fell from his hand in four different directions. First, some of the seed was carried by the wind and fell in places that weren't even plowed. Easily seen by the birds, they came and ate it up about as rapidly as it fell to the ground. Second, some of the seed fell on stony ground. There the seed would lie and perhaps even germinate, but the sun would cause it to wilt and die. Third, some of the seed fell among thorns. And even when it took root and began to grow, it could not survive the competition from the larger established thorny plants. And it also died. And then Jesus said, the fourth group of seeds, just about 25%, perhaps, fell on good ground and took root and grew and flourished and eventually harvested. In spite of wind and rocks and thistles, some seed did make it to harvest. And that seed, that little bit of seed, that minority of the seed, 25%, made the farmer's work worthwhile. Because that 25% of the seed produced 30 60 even a hundredfold to to my way of thinking and perhaps to yours that's not a very good percentage only 25% was productive can't we do better than that three quarters of the farmer's seed was wasted and yet jesus seems to imply that that 25% is fine good enough 25% will do it if you can achieve that much success. Jesus is is talking about the kingdom of God. And and he's saying that that when it comes to people responding to the word, the seed, when it comes to people growing into discipleship, 25% is not a bad return. When some folks hear the word of God they hear about the kingdom of God and the values of the kingdom. They're sometimes distracted by other things that seem important and the word of God does not take root in them. In effect, it withers and dies. According to Jesus, the, the things that, that most threaten in this way are wealth and comfort. And that puts us in a special danger. Because the two things that we have in our life and in our time in greatest abundance are wealth and comfort. Sometimes we're we're so focused on ourselves that we can't. Adopt someone else's perspective, even if that someone else is God who wants to show us the alternate values and goals and mission of God's kingdom. We can't comprehend it because the values and goals and mission we have in building our own kingdoms are so productive. And so we're distracted by our own lives and our own mission and values and goals. Bruce Larson tells a story about a young woman named um, uh, Maria. Maria who uh, was an African woman. She came from Angola. And the thing about Maria, Bruce said, is Maria was always laughing. One day, um, Happy Maria went to a, a meeting in her church where they were talking about about evangelism and, and about the things that they were doing, the pamphlets and the missions and the campaigns and all the rest. And at one point, someone turned to Maria, who wasn't saying much, and said, What do they do in your church in Angola? Maria. In my church, she said, we, we don't give pamphlets to people or have missions like you do here. What, what we do in my church is we just, we send one or two Christian families to live in a village. And when, when the people in that village see what Christians are like, they want to be Christians themselves. Maybe those are the best kinds of seeds to sow. But even even when we do the best that we can, not only proclaiming the word, but living it out, even when we do the best that we can, Jesus suggests that even then, only some of the seeds will fall on fertile ground. Any preacher would be delighted if 25% of his or her congregation, really caught the message of the kingdom of God and acted upon it. Any parent would be tickled pink if a quarter of what they say to their kids really took root and began to grow in them. Any teacher would feel successful if 25% of what he or she taught would take hold in the children in the classroom. Any social worker, anyone engaged to services to others, the poor, the disenfranchised, the needy, would settle for a 25% return on their benevolent or philanthropic investment. It's not that that 25% should be our goal, Jesus is not suggesting that that's all we should aim for or be satisfied with, but he's telling us that's the way life is. That's just the way life is. Everyone Jesus talked to didn't respond well to him. You remember his story? Everyone who experienced his presence, his teaching, even his miracles, didn't embrace him or the kingdom he taught. There were some, remember, there were even some who endeavored to do him in and and they succeeded in executing him. It, it, it's not that twenty five percent should be our goal, but that's just the way life is. Jesus is telling us so. So don't be discouraged. Don't lose heart. Twenty five percent is fine because even then the harvest that God provides is 30, 60, even 100 fold. Even if all of your hard work, all of your living out the word of God, all of your living kingdom values, all of the sacrifices you make, if it all doesn't have an effect, it's okay. Because some of what you do will have an effect and God will take hold of it and make the harvest plentiful. So don't count on a big return for your Christian, humanitarian, benevolent investment. A 100% would be incredible. 75% would be excellent. 50% would be great. But chances are you won't get close to any of those. Be satisfied with the 25% results. Jesus seems to suggest that 25% is fine. You know, it occurred to me as I was working on this parable of Jesus this week that... um, uh, not many of us are farmers anymore. Uh, there, there are some and, and there are some of us who have substantial gardens. So you know what it's like to sow the seed and, and, uh, and to have it, uh, germinate and grow. But, but I wonder if, if Jesus were, were trying to make this point and tell this story to 21st century North American Christians, what image would he use if, if, uh, if he didn't use the image of a farmer? And um, one of the things that occurred to me, or one of, one of the stories that that uh, I heard many years ago, um, uh, that 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 helps to make the point I think Jesus was making is the story of, of Frank Woolworth. Do you, do you have you ever heard of him? Um, you know. Uh, Years ago, uh, there was a there was a Woolworth five and ten cent store in every community. I, I don't know where it might have been in Mechanicsburg, but I remember there was there was one over in Carlisle until about fifteen or sixteen years ago, uh, right on Hanover Street, um, that uh, some of you uh, will remember. Um, but but Frank Woolworth's story it also illustrates, I think, what Jesus was trying to get across. So so listen to uh, uh, just a moment of what his experience was. Frank Woolworth um, opened the second five and ten cent store in the world in guess where Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He had opened his first store in Utica, New York, but business was so bad that he was in danger of bankruptcy. So with his last $30, he went, he set out to find a new location. He arrived in Lancaster late one afternoon and was amazed to see the sidewalks and the stores jammed with people. After buying supper in a restaurant, he spent most of the evening just walking around the business section of Lancaster. He spent the night in the hotel, and the next morning he found a vacant building to rent. Early in June 1879, Frank Woolworth closed his store in New York, and ten days later he was open for business in Lancaster. Woolworth's concept was unique in those days. He sold on volume. He sold only things that were priced 10 cents or less. (laughs) Now it's at least a dollar, right? But in those days, 5 and 10 cent store. He opened the store with $410 worth of stock and he sold a third of it the first day. The best sellers were tinware and wash basins, ribbons and washcloths, toys and handkerchiefs. To keep expenses down, he wrapped the purchases in old newspapers and he was the only clerk. After such a good beginning, Woolworth thought he would expand. So he opened another store in Harrisburg and then another in York. But those two stores Failed, just like the one in Unica. Making only one successful store out of four attempts. 25% success. But that was enough for Frank Woolworth. He kept on going. He opened another store in Scranton. Successful from the beginning. And Frank Woolworth became one of the wealthiest men of his time because he was willing to absorb a three-quarter failure record and keep going. If Jesus were telling his story today, the, the story of Frank Woolworth just might be compelling enough to catch his attention. There's a, there's an apocryphal story uh, that, that, uh, that I like about, uh, about the Wright brothers who were pushing their airplane out to Kitty Hawk in December of 1903. No one had flown an airplane before, a, a, a powered airplane before. And a man watching them pushing their plane out onto Kitty Hawk said, you'll never get that thing off the ground. But Orville and Wilbur just kept pushing the plane until they got it up the side of a sand hill, Big Kill Devil Hill it was called. And the fellow was still standing there. It won't take off, boys. You're wasting your time. But they kept pushing. And they got it up to the top and then they pushed it off the edge and down the track, and it began to fly. And the fellow standing there watching said, well, if you do it like that, sure it'll fly. (laughs) Keep pushing. Keep sowing. Jesus encourages us in this story, in the Gospel of Matthew. Keep pushing. Keep sowing. There will be some failure, but there will also be a measure of success. And you can just hear the naysayers, the scribes, the Pharisees saying it won't work. Too many rocks, too many thistles, too many birds to gobble up the seed. Not enough money, not enough people, not sufficient interest to keep on being the church of Jesus Christ that feeds the hungry and welcomes the stranger and comforts those who are brokenhearted. But then some of our work takes root and flourishes and makes it to harvest. Well... If you do it like that, sure, it'll grow. If the gospel is to be spread, if children are to be taught, if minds are to be shaped and educated, if the hungry are to be fed, if the poor are to be elevated to the plains of hope, we must continue to be diligent and generous and faithful, even though discouraging experiences may seem to prove that even three-quarters of our effort is not productive at all. Even so, the harvest that God provides is 30, 60, even a hundredfold. Amen.